0: Jason, as it is each and every week, the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Hey, did you know Signature Series Automated Shades provide a safer environment for children and pets? Did you know it? I did know that, and I will say, it's like all hail our robot shade nanny overlook. Ooh! They will. They are here to take care. Uh, the robots of have our had an upgrade. And pets. They are here to take care of our children and pets, as well as make for maximum use for heating and cooling energy efficiency. So you can minimize the amount of time you need to run those systems, which uh, lowers your energy bill, and it's, it's you know it's a nice little hug for the planet while we're at it. So if you are ready to make some upgrades in your home, go see our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you. All hail. Hello and welcome to the Lee Summit Town Hall Podcast in this Friday Conversation episode. My guest today, he's an emergency guest. <laughs> I dialed the numbers and Nigel Woodbury decided to come in and join me for our conversation today. Nigel, welcome.
1: Emergency guest, that's yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> Off the scrap heap. Scrap heap, I like I, that.
0: Well yeah, I just want everybody to you know, I didn't really want you. I wanted somebody else. I know who you wanted. I wanted somebody else from your department.
1: Should but, I shame her when I see her?
0: Yeah, we'll shame her later. Uh, but you are for those that don't know, Nigel Woodbury works at the Lee Summit City Hall. He is a what what exactly is your title?
1: Media Services Supervisor. Ooh. Fancy, huh? That's
0: that's kinda that sounds technical. You do all of the all of the video and audio yeah. work yeah. for yeah. City Hall that if you got log on if and you- watch the city council meetings. Yep if if you're one of us
1: if it's if it doesn't work it's probably my fault
0: yeah so so nigel is the one but nigel i had you on for another reason actually it's because you are for those that frequent the the downtown lee summit bars and restaurants or frequent many of the the microbrews around kansas city or are active with with ZZ hops the microbrew clubs right right they might know who you are
1: possibly possibly or if you're on 3rd street
0: yeah or if you're on 3rd street you're i'm going to call you the third street celebrity
1: I'm, I like to uh, call it like the ambassador.
0: The ambassador. You know, Celebrity is a
1: little strong. Okay. I mean, I, I don't sign autographs. I don't take pictures with people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: I thought it'd be fun, though, if you came on because it's, it's KC Restaurant Week. We're it started, is. We're start, it getting is. ready to start that up. So I thought maybe you and I could just do a fun little uh, Lee Summit Restaurant episode. Yep. And we can talk about some of our favorite stops for for beverages and, and for food Definitely. around town. And we can start uh, really right right here right here in downtown uh, you just hit a place before you came into the studio here at Bridge Space
1: I did where did I go
0: I think you went to libations
1: is that all part of restaurant week it's
0: not but it's, <laughs> we're calling it our we're calling it our Lee summit week
1: no i had you know i feel like i'm neglecting chef chef seth so i put on my libation shirt went down there and had a cocktail talked to him for a little bit you know he's a good guy and that's always a good place to start your uh, Friday Junior.
0: Let me ask you this question because you said you put on your libation shirt right. before you went over to Libations. Yeah. Now, now, I am a kid of the uh, the eighties and nineties. Okay, right. So I'm the I'm the very tail end. I might even be the last year or so of Generation X. Okay. We were always told you don't wear the band T-shirt to the same concert. Does that apply no, to your no, to your bar no. to your bars as well? No, that's not true. Oh,
1: okay. because even as a beer guy. I'll wear a fringe shirt, to fringe, or a fringe hat. You know, it, show, it shows them love. They like they <laughs> like that. The fact that I rolled up in there, in this shirt that they don't even sell anymore, that still looks new because I take care of it. I'm sure Seth was like, yeah, that's my dude you, right you there. You turn
0: it inside out before you wash it every time? No, I never do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll never do that. <laughs> Is that a thing?
0: I think that's a thing, yeah. I think that's how you, you care for your t-shirts. Really? Yeah. I'm going
1: to I'm gonna have to try that. But some shirts... Come on, man. No, no. Some shirts are just bad shirts. Not every shirt's is a squints apparel shirt. That's true. Which are my favorite That's shirts. That's
0: true. You know, and he's another uh he's another Lee Summit guy.
1: Have you had him on?
0: I have nine Oh, you've got
1: to you get him on, dude. You're right. And he's he's
0: hilarious. No, he's great. I mean, yeah. you know, we talk to him when we go to the other restaurant that where he works, that right. uh, at Stewie's. Let me let l let's let's start it. Let's start it this way. You've got you got friends coming to town. I'm okay. going to visit you here in League Summit. Okay. What is your go to restaurant? Where are you taking them first for Lee Summit food?
1: Um, I'm gonna take them to Third Street because it's close and it's good and the atmosphere is cool. It kind of shocks a lot of people that it's downtown Lee Summit. You know, you know how it is, man. People are still shocked. Downtown Lee Summit has all this. Definitely there. Second, Frankie Fairlane's. Oh, yeah. I love Frankie's. They're probably not part of restaurant week, but they should be. <laughs> I was at Frankie's today. Funny story. I'm so walking home for lunch. I was going home for lunch. Then I see a buddy of mine, I haven't seen him forever, that's um, going to do a sales call in Pleasant Hill. He's like, I'm going to Frankie's. You want to go? I'm like, well, let's go to Frankie's. And this, always a good time to go to Frankie's. Right. So. But yeah, those are my, probably my, my two number one spot, two number ones. That doesn't even make sense. Um, but, yeah, those are I frequent that, those places for sure.
0: Well, I felt like that was a good way to start because you know, a lot of times you get in Kansas City, you get the uh, where are you taking visitors for barbecue, right? right. And, and my answer is always, well, it depends on what we're ordering. True, true. I don't, I don't really have a number one spot for KC Barbecue, but I've, it depends on what I'm ordering. Although I will yeah. say this, there is something about taking somebody that's never been to LCs.
1: Or Gates. Or Gates. (laughs) Because you want to scare the hell out of somebody. Take them to Gates. Take
0: them to Gates. Well, you know, or or LCs because, you know, they'll help you when they're good and ready.
1: (laughs) (laughs) LCs is, I mean, that's a, because I had a buddy come to town. I think he was living in Sacramento at the time. And, you know, a lot of people don't know know about burnt ends, right? Right.
0: Well, that's a Kansas City creation. Yes.
1: So, and it was funny because it was probably three years ago and the Saints were coming to town playing the Chiefs. And the wait was so long. But it was cool to be able to explain to people from New Orleans what burnt ends were. Right, never they had never heard of it. Right, so that was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. But yeah, yeah, LC's is a trip. I wouldn't want to work there. You see the guys that work in that in that uh, that is it an oven. You call it an the oven? pit. The pit. I mean, their arms are like all burnt up. I'm like, oh yeah, who wants that job? They're charred. I mean, <laughs> that's part of the charm,
0: I guess. Yeah, I guess so. You know, so I, I'm going I'm I'm to answer the Lee Summit question almost the same way. Like, it depends on what I'm going for. If I, if I want to take somebody for tacos, right. I really only have one spot. The number one spot, the first choice. Okay. It's going to be a little place called El Mercadito.
1: Been it, there. It is. Uh, yeah. It's
0: street tacos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's probably the most – authentic street taco place you can go in the summer.
1: Is that the place where the children serve you?
0: <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not not going to comment because I, <laughs> I, 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 I want to make sure that it, it stays open. <laughs>
1: no, that is a good spot because I take my daughter over there, and it's, it's authentic right. for sure. For sure. I mean, they have things. You know, and it's a cool little Mexican market too. So you, right. you get things in there. I'm like, okay, what's that? I want that.
0: Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you you, you want to know where to get the avocados? You're making guacamole for a right. party. That's that's the place to go. Right. Or well, where else can you buy cactus leaf?
1: Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had cactus leaf. What are you, What are you doing with that?
0: Well, you're making some dishes there. Some some Mexican dishes. Oh, we're gonna have to get you some recipes. You need some new recipes.
1: Are you are you a cook?
0: I, yeah, a little bit. Really? Yeah. See, I'm not, i, I yeah. I'm, I'm not, dude.
1: You know what I got today?
0: What? what? I got an air fryer. All right. <laughs> we were going to talk about restaurants, but we're going to stop here. I have not succumbed to that pressure yet. Like I'm late to that part. I will say this though: I own two instant pots. I don't. Yeah, but I, I do not own an air fryer.
1: <laughs> well, everybody in my department has one, so I went on. I went on YouTube. I'm like, oh, because I eat a lot of vegetables and things like that. I'm like, that that is kind of cool. So I'm I'm going to fool. I literally got it today, took it out of the box. I'll get some. Some things and, and see what happens. I, you know, well, you, I don't know.
0: You might want to go to the store tonight or tomorrow. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> snowmageddon again. Snowmageddon number, number two.
1: Number <laughs> two. I do have a four wheel drive, so I had no problems the last Snow again, So I'm good.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: Yeah. So.
0: What uh, what are what are your favorite uh, your favorite foods? I mean, we talked a little bit about about where you're going to take people first when they visit you in Lee Summit, but but what do you want to seek out?
1: Wow, that's a good question. That's a very good question. I love vegetables. I love avocados. I love mushrooms.
0: That's very that's very millennial of you. That's,
1: no, that see that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> Avoc- avocados have been around forever. They have. You know, i have just I like that that sort of thing. Um, the thing that I love when when I go to like uh, Third Street, that uh, Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Oh yeah. Come on, man. Oh yeah. And get the. Um, the, uh, uh, the Gouda Mac and Cheese. <laughs> all
0: right, all right. Two, two, two responses. One, I do the Nashville Hot Wings.
1: That's not enough meat.
0: Oh, I, 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 <laughs> well, look, my favorite thing about Third Street, really all of the restaurants that that group owns, everyday yeah. happy hour, the seven yeah. day week happy hour. You're, so you didn't go in and you get your wing, your Nashville yeah. Hot Wings is part of the happy hour. Yeah. You brought up Mac and Cheese. Yeah. There's a restaurant. They are participating in Restaurant Week. Smoke Brewing here in downtown.
1: Oh, they've got good mac and cheese as well.
0: Yeah, you, you might not walk out of the restaurant, but the breakfast mac and cheese. Yeah, that's a good way to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that yeah. thing is. I, I'm sure there is a surgeon general's warning on the menu somewhere. Right, but it's so good.
1: And they get you a side of chicharrones.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Those chicharrones over there. Oh man! I
1: told somebody they make their own chicharrones. They're like, "What?" I'm like, "Yep, go to Smoke because those things are ridiculous." Absolutely.
0: If you leave downtown, are there some places you go to downtown?
1: Um, I love Jazzy Bees. I think oh. I think Brandon does a, a really good twist on um, on barbecue, and he's a great guy.
0: I think he might be one of the most underrated chefs in the area. Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, his black beans or his roast uh, roast beans, his uh, baked beans that have black beans in them. Who
0: does that? His his crab cakes.
1: Yeah. Have you ever had the you ever had the adult grilled cheese? Oh yeah. <laughs> that's the most ridiculous thing ever. I got it with pulled pork in the middle.
0: Holy moly.
1: Yes. That 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 is that's a field trip. You can't eat the whole thing. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, you can get whatever meat you want in the middle of it. Wow. Yeah. I took my daughter over there. She was like, "Oh my god, I'm going to die." I'm like, "You're going to take some to your mom?" She's like, "Hell no." <laughs> I'm I'm saving this other half for myself. But yeah, I I I love that place. Um, I I dig Pearl. I think Pearl does a really nice job. You know, um, for seafood, you know, I'm a I'm I'm kind of an oyster snob. I like Gulf oysters, but they do they do a good job. All right,
0: so so let's talk about that for a second. I like oysters too. Right. But I am in no way an oyster snob. I've had oysters I love. I've had oysters I don't love. (laughs) I've had oysters at Pearl Tavern, and I've had oysters at. I just lost it. Jax, the, the horrible wings place, the wings chain.
1: The wings—they have oysters. What wings uh. chain has oysters? Are you sure there's an oysters? <laughs> is it? Is there one at least of
0: it? No. Um, wow, this is horrible radio. Wings and things. No, the Hooters. Hooters.
1: I was going. They have oysters at Hooters. Yes, I thought you were going to say Long John Silver's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> By the way, this is horrible audio. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. No, so what I'm saying is, is I've had oysters. I, oysters I love. Oysters I don't love. Well, what what makes a good oyster? Well, you were and, and you have. We'll get into a little Nigel background. Right. here. To, here to well, you have bit, to but understand. You spent time in New Orleans.
1: I'm talking about a particular type of oyster and prepared a particular way. I've done the raw thing. You know, what's the point, right? Because you don't even chew them. That's no fun. I like, tra- I like it. <laughs> That's, I could go so many ways. <laughs> um, I like charbroiled. You know, if you go, one of my favorite, the creme to the creme, de la creme of charbroiled oysters is Drago's in New Orleans at the Hilton. Um, and there's one in Metairie as well. And they basically put it, they put them on open, open flame, They've got this secret butter sauce that they put over them, and if you go to that hotel and you sit and watch at the bar, it's the most tantalizing food preparation you'll ever see. And then you then they give you the the French rolls coming out of the oven fresh, oh, man. The, yeah. So this is the thing about Gulf oysters: they're they're thicker, meatier, chewier. The shells are much thicker. It's a different kind of taste. Like I've been to Jack's Fish House and on the plaza. They do East Coast oysters. They're fine. They try to do the char I was like, uh, eh, those are cool. But come on now. Those are it's a different type of oyster. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. that's why I'm that's why I'm a snob. I've had oysters in other places and I just prefer the golf ones. They're just it's just different. Somebody somebody tried to tell me, well, you know, they're they're that they're that good because of the oil spill. I'm like, really? That's rude. They were good before that, so. But yeah, that's why I'm kind of a, I'm kind of an oyster snob.
0: Well, I think that's a, that's a good way to bring in for for those that that don't know you or want to get want to get to know you. You you come to Kansas City via England, Oklahoma, New Orleans, Houston, Kansas City, St. Joe. I, I can go crisscross a lot of the a lot yeah, of the, I've the lived, map. I've lived. Um, across but the coast, you've got yeah. a you've got an interesting story of how you got here. Yes. How did that? Uh, how, how did that happen?
1: Um, gosh, grew up in England, lived there until I was twelve. Step stepdad, uh, Air Force, U.S. Air Force. My first uh, foray to the United States was at Arkansas, on the border of Arkansas and Louisiana, which was interesting. Then Oklahoma City,
0: not a thriving metropolis in Crossed.
1: No, but you know it, it kind of is. You know what's what's in Crossed Arkansas? It's the paper mill. Yes. So when you, when you get there, it smells like poop. Right. Because that's what paper mills smell like, which was interesting, you know. And that was my first experience. It's just a sidebar. My first experience, I'm like, why people – you're driving down the road and people flash lights at you? Well, they're letting you know the, the police are on the other end. <laughs> I didn't know that, that was the thing. Anyway, I digress. So, um, yeah, Oklahoma City. Then I got into television. And so I lived in Texas, a couple of places, San Angelo, Tyler, but I've been coming to Kansas City since 1984 because I ran track in college and indoor nationals was at Municipal Auditorium. And I, was, I just fell in love with Kansas City. I had a couple of guys at Oklahoma Christian where I went that lived here in Kansas City. And I come in the summers and I
0: just loved it, dude. Is there any better, in the Midwest, is there any better sports venue really than the old Municipal Auditorium?
1: I loved it. I mean, I ran there four years in a row imagine them sticking a track in there right a, a wooden that's th- crazy a wooden banked track how crazy is that
0: well how did they how did they get that to fit because it wouldn't be regulation
1: no, well indoor tracks different oh that's
0: true indoor that's true. so it's
1: not a 400 meters so that track was uh, hundred and forty six yards so it was two and a half laps to, for a quarter mile and it's banked. And it was the most ridiculous thing ever. So just imagine this track, and then in the middle there's the long jump pit and the pole vault pit, right? Just crammed <laughs> in there. But you know, it was it was good time. So that, that's why that's how I fell in love with Kansas City.
0: Look, look, and I haven't been to I haven't been to FOG in Lawrence. That's one of the things that I haven't I haven't had a chance to do yet. Right. But I've been to basketball, many many other places. Right. Been to the Sprint Center, of course. I would pay more money. I love going to a basketball game at the Muni. That's just oh, a, it's, oh, it's a great, absolutely. it's a perfect, it's a so, perfect basketball.
1: You know, venue. you know, we've gone off the rails here, but right, you know, man. you know, what we do every year. Um, for the last probably eight years, we go to the NAI tournament, and so we'll take off on a Friday, pay that twenty dollars ticket, get there at nine a.m. We'll watch games until about one, then we'll go to Anton's, have a steak, come back and watch the night games a whole day of basketball of teams you've never heard of. Um, there's always some Missouri teams, Evangel. And, like, right, right. The, but it's it's the cheapest basketball ticket in town, man. It's great.
0: And, and it's not names you're going to know. No. Unless you just happen to know, like, your friend's cousin that's playing at Evangel or something, right? Yeah, but, you know, but it's but it's, made, it's good basketball, and it's in just this perfect, like, basketball nostalgia venue. I mean, you almost feel like you're watching Hoosiers.
1: I mean, this is how it goes. You're in there. You're going to pick a team. Right. you always do oh, you yeah. like, you know what i'm saying but no that that tournament that precedes the NCAA tournament yes i mean back in the day when um, college basketball was not integrated black players went to NIA schools so some of the some of the best players you've ever heard of Walt Fla- Frazier and some of these other other players they went to these these small schools and played at municipal i mean it's the craziest thing
0: Yeah, the history that Kansas City has with with that term with NAI absolutely is is incredible.
1: No, it's and the fact that it it still goes on. You know, they the NAI made a mistake. Probably 10, 15 years ago, they moved. They moved it to Tulsa for for right. some god awful reason. I'm like, really? Well,
0: look, I don't know why anybody pick Oklahoma. I mean, I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that out right now. There's it's, nothing wrong with Oklahoma, it's the man. Scariest state in our union. How do you seriously? Uh, I've driven through most stuff. But have you been to Mississippi? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Not <laughs> that we, we talked about that.
1: <laughs> but anyway,
0: but you know, so but your, I think this is funny. Is is you have a you have a TV radio broadcast. Background, right. which, which I'm, I'm only going to be slightly jealous that your radio voice is so much better than mine. You can right thank now. Jesus for that. <laughs> you you told me earlier your your DJ your radio name.
1: Which one do you want? That is that is you want you want the college one or the professional? The one? The professional one is the better one. Yeah, Nigel Knight. Nigel Knight. Nigel Knight.
0: I mean, that's just a, that's a great radio name.
1: And and I can't take credit for it. Um, so I, I've lived all over the place. Lived in Atlanta one pl- at one point and i could, my first paid radio job was at wapw in atlanta power 99 and that was probably that was probably two, gosh that was probably 1989 and i was living in atlanta crazy story right out of college had any you know you work any job right so i was working for this janitorial company in this building that had a radio station and literally the general manager walked up to me and struck up a conversation. Did you go to college? Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm communications major. Major. He's like, you got a, You got a demo. I'm like, yeah. Gave my demo. They gave me a job. So I was. The, my first professional job was in Atlanta. I would I would do I would come, and there was this one guy. He was a seven to midnight guy, that was huge in Atlanta. I would come in Saturday night, watch him do his thing and he would teach me all these things. And then at 2 a.m. when he got off, I got to do three hours live in Atlanta on the air. And you that, just got dumped in. Yes. And so I, at, that, at that point, I, I was still using my, my college radio name, Charlie Wood. <laughs> so, not,
0: not in the same league.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so check this out. So I would do three hours on the air, and then we would run Casey Kasem for four hours. And I would run, run that. But back then... It was on records. Right. And you had literally, we would do that first hour. You would put a card in for commercial. You flip that record over <laughs> and you did that for four hours. So, fast forward, I moved back to Oklahoma City and um, Brenda Bennett, who was the music director at, um, at Z99, I ended up somehow getting this job. And she's like, we're going to call you Nigel Knight. So, she named me and it stuck. So I was Z, I was Nigel Knight, seven to midnight on Z99 in Oklahoma City in, in the nineties.
0: Here's the big question: Will will we ever get that thrown into a maybe say a podcast out of Green Street at City Hall, or you know maybe will you grab the mic during a city council meeting? Nigel Knight <laughs> on the air.
1: <laughs> you know, I, you know, I would love to go back into radio. You know what I'd love to do? I would love to go do some classic rock, or even a country station. That would be fun. You know what I'm saying? Get back on the mic. But you know, it's so corporate right now, I'm like, how do you get a job at Intercom or whatever these places are these days?
0: So I, I have no I have no idea. Yeah. So. I mean, look, look, I just decided to make up a podcast, so I mean I don't know. Well,
1: you know, that's that's there's something to be said for that.
0: Just grab a mic, man, get on yep. and mean, start and start talking.
1: I've created television shows that exact same way. We just shot it and it's like well, somebody's gonna want it. Somebody. And that's that's happened. So
0: do you, uh, do you still use all of those? I mean, Like you said, it's radio, it's TV, it's, it's all these things. Do you still use all of those skills and all of those things and what you're doing for as basically a communications team yeah. for the city government?
1: Well, you probably know LSTV, Channel 2, Channel 99, Channel 134, depending on your provider, or you can watch it on, online. Um, weirdly, because when I first came to the city, you know they had nothing, right? And I'm like, well, let's turn this into a TV station. So I how, just, how long have you been here? Just ten years this year, dude.
0: Wow, wow!
1: Can, can you believe that? Wow, crazy. So I would just do voiceovers because there's nobody else. So now, in, you're the voice of Lee Summit. Some people call me that. I have had people stop me in the store, stop me in the store, and be like, "I heard your voice on the television." I'm like, really? It's weird. <laughs> what, what? Why are you Why are you watching that? Yeah, and why and Why are you stalking <laughs> me? <laughs> So no, I, I do, I basically, when I came 10 years ago, I had to really do a, because I came from my last job before I came to uh, uh, Lee Summit. I was working in New Orleans at a TV station. And I had, it was my, I had gotten out of television news and swore I would never get back in, and got back in, and that was my favorite year ever. That was the year in New Orleans of the oil spill. Oh, wow. All these, New Orleans just is a different news market. And that was the year the Saints went to the Super Bowl. Right. So that, you know, that whirlwind of, I was like, I want to do this again, but my family was here and I didn't want to, you know, so it was, it, it, it took a bit of a mind flip to go from working in a newsroom where there's deadlines and coming to city hall where I was basically creating, cause there was, they didn't know what they, what they wanted or needed.
0: You weren't just making the content. You were figuring out what the content was going to oh, be.
1: Oh, oh absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, every everything that LS TV is now is was basically my vision of and all that. All that it's, it, it's not. It wasn't magic or anything. I did anything that I just took my TV experience. I just said, "Oh, let's make it a TV station," because it, all the infrastructure was TV station. But they had somebody running it from IT as other duties. And before right. that, it was run by the fire department. For God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they had all this, because you know when they built New City Hall, there was almost $200,000 worth of AV infrastructure. Right. All that stuff. And you watched the channel, and it was all slides. It was all PowerPoint. The live meetings, there, was no, there were no graphics. You didn't know if it was live. You didn't know if it was taped. It was the most ridiculous thing ever. So all I did was just make it a TV station you know, and what you see now, it's you know, it's what TV should be. You know, if if you pop up on this on the screen, I'm going to put your name up, your name up, Nick. Look,
0: <laughs> like if I pop up, pop up on the screen for LSTV, something's wrong. Like there's going to be some people upset. We can make that happen. <laughs> like and like that's not a good thing. Nobody, I mean, I had nobody. T- nobody wants me. To on, pop up come on, come on, screen. man.
1: I had John be doing that <laughs> Well, okay, <just> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: all right. You know, I, I'm going to. I wonder if it was for you leaving leaving TV and the news business and going to City I, in 2008. I was saying you know my career path changed because right. 2008 happened right, <laughs> like so many people in the country. When I got to corporate world, the hardest thing in the, for me to figure out was a project that didn't just take a day.
1: Because right. I came from newspapers where right. you
0: know every day is kind of a new day. Right. You, you just you just start the process over every day. You come in. Started all started all over, and the first time I got something on my desk that said this is going to take six months.
1: Oh wow! I yeah. like I yeah. I think
0: I just stopped there with my in my tracks, my yeah. jaw on the floor. Like what? What? But why? 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 I, I that was the hardest thing yeah. for me.
1: Yeah. So your your background is newspaper. Yes. Where where did you start?
0: Um, I started in southeast Kansas and southwest Missouri. I got to I got to summit in. Late '98, early '99, at the Journal.
1: So, as a reporter,
0: as a reporter, I was I did sports, um, and worked my way up as a as a reporter, editor, managing editor, and then I went to a uh, the corporate world, and I went to to corporate newspapers. So I worked for Gatehouse Media, which is now I think now the largest newspaper chain in the country. They just bought Gannett.
1: So, so what what got you into wanting to get into news? What 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 what, what happened as a child? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Unbeknownst to me until later on. My my grandfather who 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 was much older, he had my mother in his forties. So he had by the time I came around, he was already retired, long retired. Right. right. But he fifty years as a printer. But I didn't know that until until later on. Um when I went to college, I had delusions of grandeur. I went down went to college, was gonna do the T V program and then go to film school. Right.
1: Right, sounds familiar.
0: That that dream didn't last long. Right, um, I actually just I just stumbled in, in. In we had to take a news writing class. It was a requirement right. in the in the media path. Right, and you went where? I went to Missouri Southern. Okay, in Joplin, and um and I and I just met a few people, and they said, Hey, can you come? Right, we need another sports writer. Okay, sure, whatever. And then I was just I was just hooked. You, I went on, you know, I went on to I finished I finished college as the editor in chief of the college paper. Yeah. Went to went to a sports editor gig at a at a daily. From there, at a small daily, and then just kind of worked my way up into the into the newspaper world and right. through that. And it was great. I mean, I, the only thing I never did was I never ran a press. Okay. Which all my fingers.
1: <laughs> right. That's probably a good thing, right? <laughs>
0: you know. Um. And then and then until two thousand eight. So when I lost my job in two thousand eight, I was laid off.
1: Yeah, two thousand eight. Yeah, it was a yeah, like right. watershed year. For um, I
0: lost my job because my boss. Had lost his job and he was the COO that oh, I wow. reported to. Yeah. And I just want to tell everybody, um, his severance package, much different than my severance Probably. package.
1: Probably. Probably. I mean
0: mine wasn't bad. But his was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, funny story about the whole newspaper thing. You know, in, in high school I wrote for like this, the yearbook and, this, right, right, and the right. and the paper. So when I went to college, oh I'm gonna be a newspaper guy, sports writer. First story, didn't get published. I was like, change my major <laughs> 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 That's how I've been getting, getting in radio. Really? Yeah, absolutely.
0: I I almost totally abandoned the TV stuff. I took some TV classes all throughout because I I enjoyed it and and mostly I like I like the toys. I like to play with the cameras <laughs> right, and the right, mics and, right. and, and 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 all of that stuff. Um and I like being in charge. So directing's kind of fun too. Yeah. But um but yeah, I kind of abandoned it really really quickly. I just it just got got kind of in my blood. I liked I like chasing stories. I like I like telling stories. That's right. I think that's the that's yeah. the that's yeah. the thing for me. And yeah. I, I assume probably you. You started yeah. as a photographer and a reporter, so I mean, I, yeah. I, I assume that's kind of the same. it's, yeah. just, it's just a chance story, to story tell somebody storytelling. Story I get to meet somebody and tell their stories.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's definitely especially when I lived in L.A. and um, my my homeboy race. He and I started together as what we used to call camera jockeys on the 10 o'clock news running the big ass cameras, right? Right, right. And we had had visions of grandeur at this TV station. We're like, this is too small for us. And so when we, years later when we got to L.A., we're like, it's about storytelling. So when I first went to L.A., we worked on this reality show. It was actually the first reality show that was ever on BET. It was called College Hill. And it was um, basically a a reality show about incoming freshmen to different colleges and you know obviously we didn't get the cast of people cuz casting they want to cast people who you know have fireworks
0: Th- they wanted pretty people
1: but it was still about it was still about the stories you know still about the stories so you know even if i cast you in... in, in and re-
0: i i would not have been cast
1: but if but if you were <laughs> but if you were you definitely have there's something about your life that has a story and so every everybody's life has a story arc so i'm with you it's all about Human interests and, and and storytelling.
0: Well, it's a cliche for a reason, right? I mean, everyone has a story. Is the cliche right? But, but it's, it's true. It's, it's, true <laughs> it's true, right? I mean, it, it becomes cliche for a yeah. reason. Yeah. yeah, I'm
1: sure. I'm sure if, if we wrote a a biography of your life to this point, it'd be pretty interesting.
0: Eh, eh. Well,
1: and, and interesting only because I say you've worked in the media, so that just I, that just you just get to see some weird things people don't get to see.
0: Yeah, I've got to cover some cool things. Yeah. I've got to see some weird things. Right, I right. Mean, you know, I always, I always say, and I, and I've said it on this this podcast before. We've talked about it. Where you know, the, the proudest career moment of my life was was right here in Lee Summit, in the Journal was 9 nine eleven was was covering what happened that day and right. telling those stories of what happened here. Right, how it affected right. this little t- and and the crazy thing was how many big story connections. Little Midwest Lee Summit had oh, um, during, during yeah, that day. Yeah. It was it was incredible, and I never left my desk actually that day. Right, my job was my job was to send the people out and collect the right. information and lay out the paper.
1: But still, yeah, I mean, yeah, that I mean that that was a watershed moment, and I mean I can remember exactly where I was.
0: Were, were you in the media that day? During that?
1: <laughs> you know, I have that. You know, you know my mother's Jamaican. Right, and I don't know if you remember that 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 series uh, on Fox in Living Color. Oh, yeah. Remember they said the the Jamaicans? (laughs) I got 24 jobs, man. You know what I'm saying. (laughs) So, so yeah, I've had so many different jobs. At that time, it was weird. I was working at University of Central Oklahoma. And I I was, they had an A-B department. And I had like 12 student employees. So, if you, as a professor, needed a projector on that particular day, Somebody had to come to my department and check it out. And okay. one of my emplo- one of my employees would take it. So that day I was at work. That's when that happened. I had just gotten to work. You know. It was yeah. So I weird weirdly, one of my weird jobs, yeah. I was yeah, working for a university at the time.
0: Did you uh did you did you have T V where you were? Yeah. Or were yeah, you yeah, watching? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. We, yeah
0: we did not in the in the Lee Summit Journal offices, we did not have televisions. Wow. Um, I had an old, if you remember the the old boombox CD player radio, right, right. I had that sitting next to me. And so the only thing I had was radio and AP. Wow. Coming through on, on the wire. internet. And, yeah. and, and, and the internet was a little taxed yeah. in, that yeah. day in yeah. 2001. And so, I mean, I'm just, just refresh, 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 refresh the all, all day long. I didn't watch TV until about 2 a.m. the next day. Yeah. And that's when I saw really got to sit down and see the video and yeah. it was about four or five hours later about 6 30 in the morning when i when when it hit me and it was no longer a story right and i, right. I, I think you can kind of you can kinda, yeah. you can oh, you can understand that where it's where it, it finally clicked that it wasn't a story and i was like oh no i mean oh and that's when just just everything kind of hit the, me i remember it's like gol- oh my
1: the gulf oil spill when i was at my last television gig you know, you're rushing around, and we and there were a couple of there were a couple of minor hurricanes that we covered. That you know you're in the midst of it, then you realize like I remember there was the hurricane, not Katrina, but years later, um, it hit like Biloxi and places like that. And was we, that Andrew? No. Yeah, w- no. Nah, I think that was it was later. Okay. You know, and just going there and doing the story, and then then realizing, wow, this town is pretty much destroyed. You know, right. You were like. Oh yeah, we're covering this, but this is this is real, right? You know, it's because
0: you do flip a little bit of a switch, and I, it, yeah, it's, it seems weird and callous, and and a no, little you have baseball, to, you have to, but you do flip a, a little to. bit of a switch to tell the story. You have to, and then later you're kind of you're oh. like, wow,
1: that was crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know some of my you know when I worked in Tyler, Texas, I worked as a one man bureau in East Texas, and I, I had to come up with my own stories. And some of the stories I would find, you know, they were tragic. But you have to cover that story, you know. Um, East Texas was known for um, a lot of logging. And they had, they had these little, you know, two-lane highways. And, you know, these big trucks, you know. And you might live on that, on that highway. And I, I'll never forget this story. I'll never forget it, this, this woman. Was going across the street to get her kid, who just gotten off the bus and got hit by one of those trucks. <sighs> you know what I'm saying? So you have to tell that story, but you have to keep your composure at the same time. So yeah, it's a you know being a reporter is a you know it's it's a it can be hard. That's why when I did sports because I was a sports anchor, you know one of my 24 you know 11 jobs, you know. I never forget this news director when he he was like, "Oh, you want to work in the candy shop?"
0: I'm like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> that's what they call sports. <laughs> you know, you know that's funny. But I'm going to defend sports people here because one, it's it, you hear people, reporters, news reporters all the time talk about election night. Oh, I got to stay up all night. Let's order yeah. food in. You know, that's that's every yeah. night for a sports person, right? True. Every night is huge deadline True. night, right? True. Right. But and also even at sports because the best stories when you're a sports writer. The best stories are those ones that aren't at the game. Oh, absolutely. The best stories are those things you find and even some of those moments that where you've got to flip that switch right. and 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 not allow yourself to get that personal connection. Right. I mean there were you know, where you cover a player who, who suffered a loss or a bus accident right. on a road trip. Yeah. Or you know, I mean there are those these great human, stories human interest human interest stories but but i mean those are the those are the stories you remember as the reporter yeah i mean you'll remember some great games you, uh, you you know but i mean i covered i remember covering the great game i remember covering the it wasn't great game but it was fun game was the uh 2007 i think um k-state at mizzou and it mm-hmm. was so it was that last year of michael bishop and and, oh, yeah. and who was the mizzou quarterback um he went to play for the jets uh no clue. Um, or, anyway, <laughs> you know that was, a, that was a great game. Right. Two incredible quarterbacks. Right. Who who got to go play in the league. Right. And it was their last game as seniors. That was fun. But but the stories you really remember, the stories you really remember the ones where you where you sat down, in the bleachers after a basketball game, and you right. had a real conversation right. with one of those athletes right. about about something that had nothing to do with the game.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those those. Uh the, sport, the sports part of my life was, was interesting as well. Um, St. Joe. I was a weekend sports anchor in St. Joe of all places. And I, I, to this day, I still love St. Joe. I had such a great time up there because I got to cover Northwest, Missouri Western, um, Benedictine.
0: I give St. Joe a lot of crap, but every person I know who's, who's worked the media up there, who's covered sports up there, loves that time.
1: Um, my day is a cake you, Loved it, man. I mean, I I, to this day, I still have. I told you the other day, I still have friends that I worked with that were youngsters at the time because I was probably in my thirties when I worked there. I just I wanted to change the career. I'd been at Channel Five so long. I'm like, I'm not going to be here forever, you know. So it was it was great. I had aspirations to go to ESPN, but you know that didn't happen because I have kids, you know. (laughs) But you know, I look back. And those are great times. And even even further back than that, when my first reporting job was in San Angelo, Texas, market 197 out of 203 or whatever it is, right? I worked there for six months. Then I went to East Texas and worked as a one-man band. And for some strange reason, every story that I thought was good, I saved it on tape. And I took it to um, maybe two or three years ago. I had the, I still have all these tapes. So I took it to Chad, you know, down the street, and he put it on DVD, and I hadn't looked at these stories since 1992. And I'm looking at these stories, I'm like, and these are stories I had to go get myself. Right, right. right. I, had, I had the worst news director, you know, ever. You know, I'll never forget one time, she says, that's the worst news story I've ever seen in my life, really, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, three years ago, I'm looking at this DVD, I'll show it to you sometime. I was like, I was a good reporter. Because, you know, one-man band, I shot my own stand-ups. Right, um, right. I mean, literally, I would get a light stand, do it to my height, um, set the camera, move the light stand out of the way, and do my stand-up. <laughs> it's crazy, craziness, dude. The things you have to do. And, and we're talking back in the day where it, it wasn't a one-piece camera. It was a little camera with an umbilical to a deck that was 45 pounds. Right. You know, ancient. So when I got to Kansas City, because my first job in Kansas City was at Channel 4 as a photog, uh, part-time photog, and they gave me a crappy old camera, but one of the chief photographers on the weekends, he's like, you can use my camera, and he had like the Cadillac of cameras. I was like,
0: I've died gone to heaven. <laughs> These are the greatest toys ever. <laughs> oh my God, I'm telling you. <laughs> do, you get to, do you get a chance to tell good stories where you're at? Is there, is there or do you, is is there a way that you get to kind of scratch that itch?
1: Some, some, yeah. The process is still the same. The way I go about it is still, is still the same, but you know it's it's more informational. It's yeah. not it's not really. We get a few things where we get to, um, you know, tell stories. But if we're telling a story it's about maybe a, a city service or yeah, it's not it's, it's really it's not really the storytelling thing.
0: You I, and I got to do one together recently. I just thought of, I just thought of this. We had our um, our annual Lee Summit Arts Council um, event. That's one of the and,
1: that's one of the rare ones.
0: And and, and you helped me. We sat down yeah. with we, we, we gave an award
1: to Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the rare ones where you get it to, to, to Russ Berlin and yeah. we got to
0: sit down with him and, and tell that story.
1: You know, and you know, to to the city's credit, you know, the creative services department now there's staff to be able to, and pull it's a somebody, real department now. Yeah, like to to be able to pull because before, you know, up until it was everything that was produced, it was me. Right, everything. I mean, there was no, you know, I had a little bit of help. I don't know if you remember Caleb, who was around. You know, he used to help, but you know, it was still, you know. My direction or whatever. Well, so. now you
0: guys have this fancy suite where you sit up there in that corner. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, but
1: but still, even you know, it's the video production side of it. It's still it's mostly service oriented, so it's not really storytelling per se. You know, that's why I do things you know on the side that you know I can still dabble into storytelling, like I did this. Uh, I did this. Uh, um, there's a place in Kansas City where. If you're transgender, they will help you in the process of becoming whatever you want to become. And probably one of the one of the best things I've ever shot to be able to sit down and talk to four transgender people and understand this is a real thing and understand their stories. I'll I'll show it to them. It, it, how
0: did you How did you get into that?
1: Um, I, I did another video project for somebody else, and somebody saw what I did, and they were like, "Hey, does he do blah blah blah." And so I was like, she, this lady wanted, who runs this business wanted, to, I'm like, as soon as the first person I talked to, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I'm gonna do. I know exactly what I'm gonna do. You know, I'm gonna humanize these people, they're not freaks, you know, these are people who were They're people, yes. People. And so, i have to show them to them. They're, every time I watch them, I'm like, man, that's, it's heavy. Because there's, 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 there's this one woman, who used to be a man, that's older, that waited years you know to do it. And then there and on the opposite end of the spectrum was this young person 23 years old. You know, and they teach him how to, you know, mannerisms of being a woman and all all these things, you know. I know some people hate on that or whatever. Um you are what you are. If you feel that's what you are, that's what you are. And
0: Well, and 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 even if you if you struggle with how to accept it and how to let that into your right. world right you should still understand the story and appreciate the story of someone who is is, is dealing with something and but, they are working their way through yeah. it whether or not you like the path they've chosen you right. you agree right. with the path right. they've chosen none of that matters right because really that's that's all them and their right. choice right but it's a good story. It
1: was, dude. It was. It's ridi- a good it was, story. It's and, so ridiculous. And by understanding that, I yeah. think,
0: and accepting that, I think that's the way you get forward. Yeah. That's the way you allow empathy to actually happen, to where then we can have those real conversations. I, I had and, that, and, and and you know, then you can get to acceptance. I
1: had that conversation today with somebody at City Hall. I'm like, you have to accept people for where they are. What if you have a, a, a perception of what you think they should be doing or acting? I'm like, that's you projecting. Yeah, it, the best, you know, the best. I tell my kids this all the time, like I tell my daughter, your mother is who she is. She's fifty-something years old. She's not going to change. Now you can change your reaction to that, right? You know what I'm saying? So, but no. But going back to, to that, when I shot them, it was just it was just so genuine. The story, the story is you're like,
0: wow. Was that one of those where? And these are my favorite interviews. You think you know where it's gonna go, and then it just—oh, absolutely! It just something just happens. I mean, look, look honestly. I thought you and I were gonna talk about food and beer today. <laughs> that lasted thirty seconds. Yes,
1: but you know, and the person that I was working for, you know, she had these ideas. I said, um, "Let me handle this." And so, literally, what I did was I gave them everyone the same four questions, and they're totally different. It was, I, I was, you know, you know, when you're shooting something or you're interviewing someone and you're like man this is gold you know you yeah, you're, wait, like, no. you're, you're like oh my god you know i'm like i wish some of my friends could see this you know what i'm saying it's it was one of those deals i was like man you couldn't script this you couldn't
0: do you like and uh, just, and this is inside baseball and then this will be a good interview for me i don't know about everybody else <laughs> <laughs> do you like scripted questions i don't i if i write them down I feel like I'm going to stick to it. I like. I'm, I feel like I'm going to try to use that the list of questions. Well,
1: I like I like scripted questions, but then depending on what they say, I might go a different direction. But in that in that scenario, it was very specific to this organization that we're helping them. That's true. You know, w- w- how has this person impacted your life? How has this organization impacted your life? You know, and, and generally, the first question was, you know. Tell me your story. How did you figure out that you need you needed to to, to transform? You know, and there were there were tears. It was dude, it was the most ridiculous, you know, thing in the world. Now I, I could barely get to woman to pay me, but that's a different story. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the final product, and I, I gave her I gave her a sweetheart deal because, you know, I did it because it was a friend of mine. It's, I So I'll do it for you. And this is what I'm going to do. Well, but I I, w- I was it was, it was worth more to me than what I got paid.
0: Look, we all do this. We do what we do for career and for living, right? Right. Right. We we want to get paid. Right. But there is a reward for telling a good story. I mean, the reason people like. We do this is there's a reward for that, g- that good story. I mean, right. There's just a feeling you get yeah. that, that's you know I will I always go back to one of my favorite interviews since I started started this podcast and really it's it's a sandbox I get to meet people and just just oh, talk absolutely. right yeah, just go um, right. is long time Lisa minister Hubert Neth okay. who I've known forever because right. when I was at the Journal he would submit his poems right. and 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 I sat down with him a couple years ago. Just because he's, he's Hubert Nath, and, and he's been around forever, and he's so nice. And I talked to him. I had a list of like eight questions, things I wanted to go. I asked him the first question. Right. And that's cool. And then it just went where it went. And I remember walking out of that. Well, I met had met him at his church and interviewed him inside one of the offices. And I remember walking out of the church into my car, and all I could think of, I called my wife and I said, hey, I'm coming home. She asked how the, how the interview went, and I said, well – it was amazing for me. <laughs> I don't know what anybody else is going to think. Was it good for you? <laughs> but it was this. It was an amazing just just back and forth conversation about about people, about his job, right, about right. about faith and and right. where people are in 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 faith and and you know he's a guy who's a minister and and here's me a giant cynic who you know, has trouble saying the word church sometimes right. right? Um, but we just kind of met and had this really cool conversation.
1: Come on, Nick you're a talker. <laughs> Just like I'm a talker. That's why. <laughs>
0: that's true. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, even, you know, as long as I've known you, you're a talker. That's true. And, that, and that's fine because we have, we have things to say. They may not be important, but they're important to us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, look, hey, I, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna wrap this up. But for, okay. but if people, people want to hear more of the Nigel Knight voice, the amazing radio microphone voice of Nigel. Yeah. You still do you do some trivia nights at some yeah, some various uh, bars you around town some of the some of the microbrews. Yeah. So where can people find you?
1: Crane Brewing on Mondays 7 to 9. Uh Geeks Who Drink. That's the name of the, the uh, quiz. We don't call it trivia, call it, call it quiz. Okay. Wednesdays at Diametric Brewing here in Lee Summit. If you haven't been there you're doing it wrong. Just <laughs> just saying. Great local business. Um seven to nine on on Wednesdays but if you just want to listen to me I know if you have if you have comp not Comcast yeah Comcast um, I think that's channel something seven uh, spectrums channel two uh, channel 139 on uh, what is that uh, what is it Google Google and then there's and att I figure what number that is but I'm I do a, most of the voiceovers on there are still me I'm st- I you know I'm, I'm recruiting people in city hall. To uh, you know, do more voiceovers, but or you if know. you're
0: just walking down Third Street and yeah. you see yeah. you, you see the really tall guy, yeah, strutting around, yeah.
1: So <laughs> that's where you can find me, or you can follow me on Twitter.
0: What's your Twitter, Twitter handle?
1: At Nigel Lloyd George. Nice. Because I have two middle names because I'm British. That, Cause, that's just because you're British. Just, just because, like <laughs> yeah. And that's just. There's really no other reason. Just because I'm British. Because I'm British. Because you're British. Because my mother. British. So,
0: you know, uh, you, you, meant, you mentioned Diametric. We'll just we'll close with this. We are lucky in in Summit that we have, right, our own like slew of microbrews. Yep. Right here in town. So we've 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 got Diametric. We've got Fringe in downtown. We've got smoke and in grain, downtown. we brains and, and taps yeah. in downtown, and then those good eggs over from Martin City just just oh yeah a, yeah their, so their stuff over into Lee Summit. They're right off of downtown. So, so so they're they're here as well. Do we count? The, they're not brewing here, so do we count them as a? As a well, as a it's least?
1: it's it, I mean yeah you're you would be correct. So it's technically a tap room, but still it's all their own beer. So right and it's not traveling far, so it's fresh.
0: It's still fresh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nigel, I appreciate you coming in and being being my emergency guest. This was fun. I thought we were going to talk about Restaurant Week and, um, and beer, and instead we started talking about storytelling. Which which it's a time of talker. That's my favorite. I'm, thing I'm to, glad to come to up. Talk about I'm it, glad so. to come off the bench. <laughs> and one last thing, beware there's there's something there's something else brewing. You're going to hear more Nigel voice coming up soon. So stay tuned. We'll talk to everybody on Monday.